It is 8 o'clock in the evening, and I am on my way out of the apartment complex. Currently driving, probably a little bit illegally. I'm going to assume that the microphone is on this side, and I'm going to see if the phone will stay here under the seat belt while I drive. I don't have cleavage to hold the phone in like some other people might, so I have to use the safety belt and hope that it'll be good enough. I'm gonna take you out and about with me for an hour. I was sitting in the house lamenting that I'm not being productive enough. I have so many things on my list that I wanna do and of course one of them is telling stories. So I decided I'm just gonna do it. I'm gonna spend this hour just, just talking. Where I'm gonna go um, is down to two ponds actually that are easily within walking distance from my house. But by the time I walk to them, and then walk onto the second one, they'll be a little bit too far for me to walk. It would probably be more like a two to three hour round trip and I, I'm not sure why I'm so eager to keep it within an hour time span because I have all the time in the world, which is a bit of a problem that I am having is being so isolated and struggling to find the motivation to get myself moving. And it was interesting because I was just, Amy Tan talked about this on her show um, recently and it, I was surprised to hear her say that just because I never really associated, you know, being a 20 year old out of college who doesn't have any children or anything struggling with isolation but it is the number one struggle that I've had really since I am, since I've had children, which seems ironic because it seems like there's plenty of opportunity to um, get out and uh, meet people. But as I was sharing with one of the mothers, um, that I'm friends with. Oh, actually, we had this great conversation, and it wasn't somebody that I was friends with. When my, I dropped my youngest daughter off to dance, I'm not even sure. We were sitting in the lobby of the dance studio, and we were just far enough apart that we couldn't really easily have conversation. But the other mother who was sitting there with who I thought was her young daughter said something to me about, oh, we missed Gwen at um, the pictures they were taking for dance class the other day. And I was kind of caught off guard because this was really the first time she had said anything to me. So 
we kind of started having this conversation. Like I said, it was probably like we're about 10 feet away from each other, but it was in a quiet lobby area. So there wasn't a lot of background noise. So we were actually able to carry on a conversation. But then another 10 feet away was a third mother who for, you know, probably 20 minutes just listened to us talk. And she suddenly chimed in and said, you know, oh my gosh, I must have been meant to overhear this because so much of what you're saying really makes sense to me. And we, what we were basically talking about was the struggles that we were having as homeschool parents and in particular the struggle between feeling isolated feeling responsibility for um, almost, I want to say, I've said this quite a bit lately, it's because I saw it on Frasier, like he flipped out one night because he realized that, you know, his partner was his father. And I think that I kind of feel that way sometimes about um, Gwen, that, you know, in all intents and purposes, like she's my partner, but she's also a child and I'm an adult and I can't with all the emotional struggles that I've been having, I really don't have anybody regularly to turn to. And although I've worked so hard at trying to develop some connections like that, I have to say that I've been absolutely and completely, utterly, um, a failure at it. Um, and there's there are a few positive things on the on the horizon, so I will kind of get back to that. Um, but what I was saying about um, nope, just completely lost it there. What I was saying about um, talking with this other mother. Oh, and this this feeling of isolation is what it all centered around. So what I decided to do right at this very moment, I've been watching Netflix all day and I thought I'm just going to relieve some of my anxiety by being out here and starting to talk about, um, there's no starting, and talking (laughs) about some of the things that are, are here close to me. Because one of my absolute favorite things to do is, of course, explore the world, even when it's uh, right down the street, which is one of the things that kind of fascinates me a lot, that, you know, a lot of the world pressures my own um, beliefs. I don't know what it is like, but it has to be these amazingly far away, intricate, difficult places. And although we're living in a place that I always want to qualify with, I didn't pick to live here. Geographically, the area is beautiful, but the uh, the town itself is, in my view, very pretentious. It's a very, you know, they're multi-million dollar homes. I feel like I ended up, you know, back in Bel Air <laughs> where I tried to get out of, hey, Beverly Hills is pulling me back. Um, where I grew up, the pretentiousness is just not me if I you know I want to be here in my little car in fact I was even looking at a website today called um, 
road something roadies I think they call them which I thought you know there's got to be a term for what I am somebody who gets in her car and travels places in my car just to have somewhere to go and there's so many times I think I would love to do this with somebody but I don't know many people who like doing this uh, traveling thing that I like to do because I'd like to be super low budget I um, so I can get as far as I can and see as many interesting places as I can without having to um, you know have this big financial overhead so with all of that said this first little place that we're stopping and I'm obviously already here because it was incredibly close to where I'm living is a uh, um, a pond that because we've had such a high water content this year there's just a lot of a lot of life going on here at, at this pond and what last year may have been just like a little uh, trickle in a in a drainage ditch is now this like beautiful little um, environment and one of the things we've discovered while we were here is that there are beavers in this pond and so far we have seen uh, three of them at any one time and when I first pulled up and could still look out my window I could um, see a, a beaver and I noticed the other day because I've been coming and watching them quite a bit that I can even tell now when they're moving underneath the water and whether it's that the that the water is so shallow or it's just that how beavers swim but I realized that I could detect the water movement even when the beaver wasn't above ground and sure enough if I followed that movement I very shortly could see the beaver poking its little head up so as well as a few days ago when I stopped here when I first pulled up I heard this like whack sound it was super loud and I thought oh my gosh like a giant fish like it must have been a sturgeon jumping out of the water it sounded like something so big it blew my mind and when we went home later and we were watching videos about or documentaries about beavers they said that that's one of the things that beavers do to alert other beavers oh there he is he stuck his little head up is they whack their tail on the top of the water. Oh shoot, I should have brought my other camera with me too because I could take some close-up photos. Anyway, the beaver's probably out 10 feet from the edge of the pond and he's just swimming really adoringly down the center of the pond and the little duck family that's been missing the last uh, few times that I've been here is actually on the pond as well so either these are the same ducks that looked that were like ducklings before and they're now looking more like uh, teenage ducks or these are some other visiting ducks because like I said I have not actually seen the ducks the last few times and it appears to be a duck family in fact I saw one leave on the other shore fairly recently so I guess that whacking sound that I heard was an actual beaver and it's kind of neat because it's one of those sounds that now that I've heard it 
like it's in my it's in my memory like my um what do you call it like your you know your storage of of noise experiences that's almost like like you could feel it when it happens because it's so loud and one of the interesting things on the documentary they said that I I found interesting is that it also alerts other things in the area that aren't the beavers I also also was intrigued with this whole talk about how beavers by putting these dams in are actually creating these these miniature habitats where it spurns growth and greenery and and it makes me sad again knowing all the history of the damage that dams have done all over the world to human lives as well as to natural lives by you know this visual evidence that these animals can come into an area and create a habitat that can benefit this kind of renewal cycle of the environment. I can now see off to my left a little further um, off across the pond. There's a little, I almost want to say an island in the middle, but it's just more like the, the pond isn't really that deep, which it's another thing that I learned that beavers do. They'll actually scoop water out from underneath a pond to deepen it. And the deeper water, I can't remember in what ways exactly, but actually offer a better environment than a shallow pond um, will. So there's like so many amazing things that beavers do. So now that I found out more about beavers, which... I'd love to share with you if I could remember what they were. But, you know, by seeing that, I think one of the visuals that stayed in my mind from that documentary was the, like, the chain of green environments that it creates. And how even, like, the beavers are harvesting the trees and how after they harvest the trees for a certain number of time where there are no more accessible trees, then they'll actually move on to a new area so that that area can grow again in a, in a new way. So I find that extremely fascinating. So I can still see off to this further distance um, the beavers moving. In fact, I saw them... There's almost this this um, little lake area, as you can hear. It's extremely close to the road, which um, in the f- times that I've stopped here, there's been maybe two other times and maybe one other time when I've driven by that I see people stopped here. And it's just this amazingly beautiful habitat just just right here that, that people miss. So um, I can see the beavers there. There's like a little... Um, wall of mostly cottonwood trees in the in and uh, willows in the middle so it's creating like a, a back pond area and a front pond area so in just a minute i'm going to walk around to the other pond area because i saw what appeared to be one of the larger beavers heading off in that area but i can still see across to the other shore 
uh, across from this little island area. This, his little head keeps poking up and down. And then in front of me here, I've got little ducks. Oh my gosh, <laughs> the little grass started wiggling in front of me and there are little ducks that have been hiding here in the, in the grass and it was the larger ducks that were swimming around and these little ducks are wiggling around in the grass. It kind of, it kind of looks like if they weren't ducks and those were trees, like it would be almost like scary because you cannot see the ducks, but you can see the grass moving from them. And in fact, one of them's starting to come up the slope towards me, but I think they've seen and heard me now and have stopped themselves. That would be an amazing thing to get a video of. Well, I guess that's the fun of um, hearing it is to, um, you know, see how these little green blades of grass that are at the edge of this pond that are probably, you know, half water, half grass. It's not, uh, you know, completely dry area, but the way these ducks move through it and make the 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 grass and the little plants like shiver and quake like it's a, a giant walking through there. I'm like this giant who's overlooking this little miniature land that these little ducks are walking through. And they're camouflaged. Like I never thought about ducks being camouflaged, but they are mud color. And they keep like appearing and reappearing it looks like it looks like snakes in the grass only they're ducks in the grass it's it's very cute i really like that i didn't even know that was a thing i've seen ducks a lot my whole life but i've just learned something new about duck camouflage and how they can use grass to hide because ducks are the same color as mud so off to the left here are some more of these larger ducks. I, like I said, I know my ducks really well. I want to say that they're mallards, but I only see females and they look a little bit smaller. So I might need to get my duck book. And a couple times I look at one and go, oh wait, that's a duck. And then I go, no, that's a beaver. So right at this very moment, right in front of me, where I still, right where I stopped my car, I can see two beavers and two ducks. And they're going in different directions. The beaver actually is kind of turning in circles, which is cool because he's creating like a little whirlpool. And now maybe he's heading back off towards his lodge. It is really interesting that even as I'm looking to see what I can see, how similar from my vantage point, the ducks and the beavers look. Like as the ducks bob their heads down into the water, it kind of looks like the nose of a beaver. So that's a really interesting thing. I never really um, knew that about ducks either. I don't think I've ever before this time actually seen beavers in the wild. So I think that's why it's so fascinating to come up here, just right up the road and get to see. And it's really, um, I almost want to say early evening. If I was up a little bit higher, I would be seeing the sunset behind me, but there's a shopping center behind me, so I can't quite see it. And the hills in front of me are golden now with the summer that it usually happens much earlier, but we even had rain um, last week.
So these hills that tend to be very golden very early in the year are really just kind of getting their, their goldenness now. But on top of their own goldenness, the sun that's setting behind me is framing the, the top of the hill with a golden arch, almost like it's a golden rainbow at the, at the top of this, you know, idyllic wheat field, even though none of it's wheat. It's actually a tick-infested um, foxtails is what, what it is, because even I'm standing on the parking lot and don't even want to watch the walk the 10 feet down to the edge of the river because I have flip-flops on and a skirt on, and that is not a good way to go walking through tall grass. I do have um, leather boots with little swishy tassels on them that I'll walk through the the grass like that. Um, but obviously I'm not that afraid of ticks, even though I've had them and I hate them. Um, but snakes do worry me. I don't walk through grass. That's, um, I even like snakes, but, um, I don't think that I would like to be bit by a rattlesnake. So that's probably one of the few places where even I stop myself from going. That was really cute. It, for a moment there, it looked like these two duck gangs were facing each other off on opposite sides of the pond and they were had about six on one side and six on another and they just kind of like swam slowly towards each other and they met in the middle and now they're all dunking their little heads in the water and eating whatever it is that that ducks eat at the bottom of ponds that they dunk their heads for. I always assume that they eat like weeds and algae and things like that, but again, I don't, I don't know. They eat crackers and bread, I know that. So I can see two beavers. I'm starting to walk towards, I wanna, I'm gonna, just going to call it the front part of the pond. Um, because I can kind of see the beavers moving around over there, and I wanted to see. So did I finish exploring? claiming so the sun is setting a little bit further and really just the very very last part of the ridge of the hill in front of me but this evening time sky I always call it the yellow light in the in the evening and it, it makes the green this like luminescent almost surreal green and the lake itself is a you know this glassy gray and brown and reflecting all of the green it almost looks like metal like moving and living metal and where the ducks are sitting right now these circles are just gyrating outward from this little cluster of ducks that uh, all kind of met like little duck gangs in the middle of the lake that's just beautiful fascinating fascinating so I am um, walking around the um, little uh, island of trees in the middle here that kind of separates this pond into two distinct areas. And like I said, it's such a small area that I'm already on the other side. You see how fast that was? And I even stopped while I was describing the beautiful glassy surface of the pond. I, I worry every time I look at the pond because I'm afraid that it's Ah, it's just not going to last. I just saw um, 
my first thought was it was a horny toad. I want to tell you I'm from Southern California. So my first thought was it was a horny toad. And then I thought, wait, they don't have horny toads in Northern California where it's, it's warm in the foothills. So it was probably a little pocket gopher or a vole or something. You can always see like all along the the grass I said there's like a over here there's probably more of a like a 12 to 15 foot bank down to the edge of the pond but all the way through the grass as you look you can see all these series of little tunnels running all the way through it that are fascinating and beautiful and I might be a little bit more brave to walk towards the water here if none of you like little not horny toad pocket gophery things don't surprise me this there's a little bit of a path that's um clear here and i think it was yesterday or maybe the day before when i pulled over to um stop and see how the beavers were doing i saw these two other guys in a in a car here and like i said i'm not um i don't usually see people here um, but there was something about their body language that completely creeped me out. Now, I'm just going to say that I paid attention to that, and I stayed in my car, and I just stayed for a short while. And when I pulled around, I noticed that they were pulling out fishing equipment. And as I said, we're not. A, this isn't a highly populated area, but it's definitely a suburban area. We're at the edge of a suburban area. Let's put it that way. The suburban area will very soon, it will very soon be the center of the suburban area because they're building on all sides of it. And I don't think it's legal to fish here. Um, but I w I'm hoping that that kind of creepy vibe that they gave off was just the fact that they were trying to keep the fact that they were fishing on the down low and that it wasn't anything more nefarious. Now, I'm not saying that they obviously didn't have a body in the trunk that they were unloading because I drove by and their trunk was open, but it did give me the feeling that like maybe if I hung around, I might be a body in the trunk. So that's the point that I was saying. I decided not to stay. And like I said, there's not much that gives me the creeps around here. But I'm you can hear the bird sounds. That's a red-winged blackbird. You can always hear them. There's little, um, well, I don't know what they are. Maybe they're swifts. I always have a hard time telling the difference between swifts and swallows. They're um, flying down and skimming the bugs off of the top. But this side that I came to the other side of the pond while it's really beautiful oh there they are there's the little birds right up above me I'm so curious to know if the bird sound and you know we're not going to know we are not going to know anything until this whole thing I'm going for for a one hour marathon here um, of see Gina go that's what I've decided this little section will be. Um, I was talking to my friend the other day, and she encapsulated it perfectly. She's like, there's like seven different people living inside of me, and I can't decide which one I want to be. If I want to be the mommy one, or the girlfriend one, or the seamstress one, or the entrepreneur one, or the... And I'm like, I get you, girlfriend. That's like always my 
trouble all the time. So my dear friend Rory Ray, look, never met you Rory, but you know that I attribute a lot of um, what I'm doing to you. Um, she framed it for me in such a beautiful way. She's like, you know what, you're your brand. You do whatever you want to do and everything that you do is contributing to your brand. And I thought, you know what, well, yeah, it doesn't matter what I do. I'm going to do it all. It doesn't matter if it's in little bits and pieces. Um, I'm just going to be doing it. Yeah. And as I started all of this out saying that I had been sitting in my apartment all day, and, which was giving me a great feeling of anxiety and depression and trying to trying to fight that off and not kind of sink down into that, you know, I'm so lonely, but I don't really want to go out somewhere on my own. I looked for hours on meetup. Um, I looked in the local area to see what was going on around here. Oh, did you hear that? Now, that was, wasn't near as loud as it was the other day, but that was definitely a beaver tail splash. I wonder if it picked up. Because I walked back over and it was too quiet on the other side of the pond. So I'm almost back to my car. Um, so um, I decided just to, um, to get out and do this. And you know what? I'm feeling so much better than I was just a short while ago. Just being out here and talking and looking at the beavers and the ducks and the birds and the sun has gone off of the top of the hill now and the sky behind it is starting to turn pink and like I said the sun right now is behind me so the pink is actually coming across the sky just at the very lower edge of the sky um, from the sunset behind me, it's not in, in front of me at all, but it's almost like it's wrapping its arms all the way around uh, from behind. Uh, it's pretty, pretty fantastic. So apparently I scared the beavers. Now they're hiding. And the ducks don't seem to be doing uh, too much. But as I know now, ducks can disappear into the grass. There's a couple other ducks. So some of those ducks that seem to be like either it's the family and the little babies they had are almost adult size. But they're uh, smaller than uh, mallard ducks. And I see another, two other birds that I don't recognize here. One of them is standing on a little protrusion or a little rock, I think, that's going out into the middle of the lake. And he seems to have an orange beak. So he might be a gallinule. He looks a little bit small for a gallinule. But if I had a, a camera right now, I'd take a picture of it because I can see him standing on the rock and his little body is completely mirrored in the lake below with the rock in between and it's it's very picturesque very beautiful and just slightly in front of that is a stand of cattails which I thought the cattails had already bloomed this season but I noticed today that they've got brown 
uh, stalks all across the top of them. So maybe what I thought was cattails earlier were not cattails at all because I'm pretty sure that they are brown and then after they're brown the seeds come off. I could be wrong, I'm guessing here, but I was surprised when I saw the cattails today. So yeah, slightly in front of that little gallinule looking bird, which I'll check on you. I have my bird book in the car. Is that little red-winged blackbird that you can hear um, sitting on the top of one of the brown cattails. It's, it's all a picture. And that little gallinule uh, looking thing is starting to walk now and he's got like these cute little long legs that he's carefully walking and the ducks seem a little bit interested in him or maybe they just happen to be swimming next to him because oh there we go. Oh, one of them kind of looked at him and so he got off of the log and now he's in the water pretending to be a duck with the other ducks. That's pretty cute. I actually don't see any of the beavers right now. Wouldn't that be funny if I scared the beavers? Like, I'm so scary beavers, you better run and hide. There's a girl standing on the bank talking. It's terrifying. Go hide the children. little ducks sticking their little tails up in the air as they find food off the bottom. Oh, and can you hear that? Tonight at the shopping center behind me happens to be a dance party tonight. And I can't remember. I think it's going to be like 70s dance music. So if I was so inclined, I could walk over there. Um... It's funny when I get in these moods where I really, really want to be out and around people, but I really don't want to be on my own um, being around strangers. It's just, uh, you know, I've tried it so many times and I find it exhausting. And unless I can be like completely in moment where I'm in tune with the surroundings and not really care what's going on around me um, I'll, I then I can do it but I just I, I feel so it just causes so much anxiety that I, I just can't do it so and with that said it makes me think well maybe I'll walk over there and just see how I feel walking around I miss dancing so 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 much I've got my friend who has for years invited me dancing and I've loved going with her but I've pulled back from just about everybody in that respect um, you know may, maybe someday maybe someday it'll be better maybe someday it'll be different I, I don't know yet I'm not making any promises to myself or you know even <laughs> assuming anymore I never I just um, was looking at pictures the other day and it came up that it was four years ago four years ago since I moved out of the house and I never in my wildest 
imagination could I have thought that four years I would still be struggling so much. And yeah, that's why I just need to be out. I think if I was, I don't know, I keep telling myself if I'm on a trail, if I'm outside, then I'll be okay. It's just, you know, being inside walls where I don't want to be with, you know, nothing to do there. It's not my house. There's no decorating that needs to be done. I don't have any garden. I don't have any um, wood shop. I don't have any kids pushing me to do things. I don't have anybody asking me to drive them around and, and get them pot. You know, I don't... It's funny because even, even back then, I, I did appreciate how much I enjoyed not the, not the going to get pot but that we had to go get pot put us in all these you know situations of you know being out and finding people and you know a lot of times ending up in people's houses and even though I didn't smoke I liked listening to people talk and I liked hearing their stories and, you know, I, th I thought about that. I thought about how I would miss that. And apparently, four years on, and I still do miss it. <laughs> the little beaver is now above the water coming across... It's a blue bird, a bluish looking bird. It might be a morning dove. Kind of just dipped into the water a few times across from me. So I see like the beavers like swim across the pond. I, it's like I want to talk to them and know like what they're doing because like the swimming itself looks almost like laborious, like they're sticking their head up and, you know, moving their body underwater. And you know that they're going back home, but I don't know. Like, the beavers must have a story, too. Like, what are they thinking about? Why are they, you know, they aren't preparing for winter right now. It's actually springtime for them. They've already had, well... I say they've already had their babies. Like, can there be four of them without having babies? I don't know. What are people doing and what are their stories? And I want to talk to people and I want to hear their stories and I want to know what that bird was that just went in front of me. He had a really white band around his neck and a very long beak. Kingfisher? Could be a kingfisher, but he just flew by You know, 
to sit here and watch this beautiful pond with the green cattails surrounding it. I mean, it just looks picturesque. The golden hills behind the sky, just layers of dark blue, pink fading up into white and then light blue. I think that the part that I struggle with in being alone is wishing that there was somebody else who was there to motivate me when I struggle which was the thing I wanted from a partner when I was married I understand it a little bit better but it still seems almost cruel this you know the more you give it's not the less you get but in a way it is the less you get it pushes people away and it's just so amazing and beautiful I thought that there'd be more people who'd want to share it watching this little beaver in front of me like I said like I question what he's doing you just like swim a little bit this way swim a little bit that way like what are you doing little beaver are you out for an evening swim and just enjoying watching the sky get dark you're looking for something to eat are you listening to me talk You can only see their little head and their little back. You can't see their little leggies or their tail. Oh, and the little ripples behind them that make them look like they're a submarine that's trying to surface, but they just aren't that good at it. I actually had my other camera in my bag the other day just so I could take pictures of him. My phone, I never could get a close enough picture. Ooh, I think I just saw his tail above the water. And he did start going a little faster. Okay, wait, so here comes another one. You know what they look like too? They look like crocodiles. Like, as they're further away in the water. I can see one is like coming straight towards me and I keep seeing his tail like flip up to the surface right before he like, he gets a little propulsion forward but they do they look like little itty bitty teeny miniature crocodiles on the glassy surface of the pond oh my gosh so there's a third one now so at this very moment I can see three beavers one of them's a little bit to my right he's the one that was coming straight towards me and he's going towards the shallow near the weeds where the ducks were trying to waddle through the grass. And see, like, he's just, he looks like he's just soaking, or just, um, chilling out there. But now he turned around the other direction. And then the other beaver is right in front of me. He appears a little bit smaller. And then there's one all the way on the other side of the pond. Woo! And the mosquitoes are coming out, too. They're, like, pelting me. 
I don't get bothered by mosquitoes too much, but I can like feel them hitting my body. It's kind of funny. So I guess the beavers are chill with me right now. Because they're coming awfully close to the shore. It seems like the the darker the sky gets, like the more colorful everything gets. Like I said before that the hills look like like um, golden hills of wheat. They right now they look like they're they look they look the way gold looks. Not the way iron pyrite looks, but the way gold looks like it's yellow. Yellow. It almost looks like it's lit up from behind. The orange of the do not trespass sign. The boy, it's just hard to love you green of the oak trees. Like oak trees are really pretty like this. Like incorporated into a landscape that's far enough away that you don't ever have to be around them. But oak trees were never meant to be an up-close thing. They just are not good. Oh, mosquitoes are hitting me. They're just not, they're just not good for up-close, but it reminds me of some of the pictures that I've um, seen down at the um, Crocker Art Museum here in Sacramento. There's some artists who've done these beautiful golden hills with the green oak trees and it is very picturesque but they aren't my favorite of course cottonwoods and willows not like a pretty weeping willow like in the southern plantations kind of willows you know those stubby willows that creep up every time there's water that kind of just cover everything with their little bushiness and the little grass where the ducks were trying to hide in. I don't know where the ducks are right now. They seem to have kind of disappeared too. Well, they could be right there in the grass and I couldn't see them. But the little tips of the grass are going. Okay, I swear to God, I feel like um, <laughs> like somebody called Charge. I am not kidding. Like I'm being pelted by an array of mosquitoes and like I said, mosquitoes don't bother me much. Oh my gosh, did you feel it hit my mouth? I'm actually going to go in the car. I'm being attacked by mosquitoes. Like, are they mosquitoes or are they something else? I don't know, but they're like hitting me. I've never had that happen before. Maybe it's because I'm so close to the pond. Oh, there's the ducks. The ducks are all in a little line. Oh, I was going to go over to the other pond and see the other beavers over there. I don't know if I will or not. I'm going to say good. I should have scared the beavers while they were out to see if I could make them make the tail sound. Hey, beavers! Beavers, get scared! Beavers! All right, little duckies going down. I don't see the beavers anymore. They kind of disappeared while I was being attacked by mosquitoes. Maybe they distracted me so the beavers could get away. Forty-seven minutes. 
So there's a couple things we could do now. One of them is roll up the windows. So those mosquitoes. So I can see some little bugs out here. Was that one inside? Yeah, that one's inside. Sorry, bug, you just killed you. Oh, that, they look like little moths. They're like crawling around on my um, windscreen. I'm trying to get um, what they are. Yeah, they're all over the car. Those must have been what hitting me. They weren't mosquitoes, but they're teeny tiny little moths. I hold my finger up next to it. It's not as wide as my fingernail and just slightly thicker than my fingernail. Teeny tiny. So there is another lake or another pond that's very close by that um, also has beavers in it. I don't know those beavers as well as these beavers. There's one out in the middle again. We could either do that or we could drive to the top of the shopping center right across from me and it's got a beautiful sunset that we can look at. Oh, now I'm like way too hot. I think I'm going to drive down to see where the beavers are. So, of course, as soon as I make that decision, I'm questioning it because I'm not really sure that I can get close enough to the beaver pond um, in my car. I might have to walk um, further than I want to, and it's starting not to get dark, but like dusky at least. I actually love this time of night because the... the um, I love the way that the street lights glow, um, and I know I say that all the time. I love the I love the human-made things bumped up against nature, and the glow of uh, traffic lights is one of my favorite. I'm telling you, whatever it is, um, I watched a documentary the other day with this guy that was talking about being a uh, traveler and and he's written a couple books of some different like travel experiences that he's had but I watched his documentary but just like listening to him talk in the beginning I'm like that's probably the closest that I've ever heard another human being speak aloud that same drive that I've always had. I just want to go somewhere and be places like I want to like show up somewhere and just just be there for the for the experience of it. And you know, he was like walking amongst like bison and and deer and it's not you know, it's not having to have these grand um, trailers. He had a he had a pickup truck, and he went places. And I've had a, a variety of vehicles throughout my life, but I mean, right? I'm in the Nissan Versa right now, and I can sleep in it if I need to. I've got a tent in the back if I need to tent it. But you know, I can have it completely. Not I can't have. 
slept in it many times, completely set up, <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> sorry, as a uh, very comfortable bed. And that whole, um, so I came across this word when I was looking for him that they were calling a, a roadster or a, he called it um, American Gypsy or Gypsy Americans or something. Um, it wasn't gypsy because I looked for that and it kept um, take me, taking me to um, the wrong place. I can't. I think can't think what it is. Uh, nomads, American nomads. That's what he called them. And um, even nomad, like it doesn't quite resonate with me. Maybe it just makes me think of, you know, people on their camels in in the desert. Um, but I did come across a place that called them roads, roadsters, road, roadies, road, roadies. No, roadies are, uh, people who set up road, um, I don't, I can't even say it. I'm going <laughs> to stop saying it. But anyway, I, um, looked on their forum a little bit and again, they were kind of, even though they had these much more, off-road looking vehicle looking things in fact they almost cracked me up because I've never seen anything like them before they look to me like garbage trucks that people live in like they're really like the big honking trucks and the big like cab in the front and then it had this big like metal on the back so I guess if you want to go off-road it might be a little bit better than, say, in my Nissan Versa, but I have to tell you something, people. I have driven a lot in my life. I have gone all sorts of places, and I've taken my um, Nissan Versa off-road more than I see people who own Jeeps take their cars off-road. And, you know, some people have this perception that you can only... Um, off-road if you have high clearance, but that is not true because the only thing you need clearance for is for going over big rocks. And, you know, 90% of dirt roads are maintained in some fashion or, or form, you know, so you're basically driving on dirt. You're not rock crawling or anything like that. And I've even driven over curbs. Heck, my friend and I in high school... Um, would drive over the curb on her Vega and you know a car will go where you ask it to go and if it's got clearance it doesn't matter what you've got so I'm just saying if you want to go somewhere go and then I started looking at meetup sites thinking like oh, you know like are there other people like me out in the world who just like going places um, I'm not sure if you could tell, but I actually drove over now to the other pond that, like I said, they're both within walking distance from my house. I have walked to them both, but of course what takes three minutes in a car takes 20 to 30 minutes walking, and by the time I left my house, got to the first pond, I just heard something moving in the bushes. Um... It just made more sense to drive. So as I was talking, I drove over to the other pond, and I am now outside. Once again, this pond is right next to the road, but boy, is it beautiful. 
I've taken lots of pictures here and I um, will um, put them on see Gina Go at natureofwomen.org. Okay, my little light came on. I'm still recording. We're 55 minutes into it. It doesn't, I don't seem to be out of battery. Let's see. Yeah, I seem to be good. It's still all going, so I'm just going to go with it. This is, this is, um, I still have a lot of other audio um, for different things that I've done. Oh, I didn't, um, it is um, cginago.natureofwomen.org. We'll, um, I'll put up my photos and my website for my my travel experiences. Um, this is the the lake that has the oh shoot I can't think of their names. You heard those loud screechy birds. They're so cool with the sideways tails. Bless their hearts. I can't remember the birdies' names. And the, oh, grackles, grackles, crackles. No, it can't be crackle. That's snap crackle pop. I'm going to walk down a little bit. One thing I haven't been to is to this pond in this evening hour. And again, it's, this one's even more suburban than, than the other one, even though they're just about a mile apart from each other. Um, this one's in the middle of a housing development. Um, the waterway runs down the middle and on the other side, um, I'll just say right now on the, what, I'm going to say the west side because it's going towards the ocean. Is that a snake or a stick? Stick, stick, stick. And it's just a stick. Um, on the west side is a ridge with, um, these houses are probably only like five or $600,000 houses. I don't think that they're multi-million dollar mansions, but... You know, the same houses in Palmdale that wouldn't sell for 80000 Um, You put them on another hill in a desirable area, they're, you know, worth a lot of money. So, and then on the east side of me is um, even smaller, closer together homes, more on the flatland, and it's a little gated community. So there's this strip in between that's, I almost want to say probably more like a flood control area. It is a natural creek, but it is rarely, rarely ever um, this full. We've had a lot more rain this year than we've had in a long time. So, again, this one has almost four or five ponds all, all in a row that in years previous I've came down here and it was just like a little trickle in between. So I'm starting to actually walk out over one of the first dams here, and I um, am being cautious because it is um, starting to get um, a little bit dark. I'm being careful of snakes because I'm again walking into um, a path in the middle of a grassy area, not completely safe. But I also am curious because I've... uh, noticed when I came during the day that there are trails going from one series of ponds to the other that I can only assume would be made by 
beaver or otter. I can't think of anything else that would do both water and um, land. Um, and I know that we've seen both beaver and otter in this lake, so it could be either one. I keep hearing noises. I'm, not, I'm usually not a like not a scaredy cat, but and this is the pond I come to all the time. But I'm like looking at the bushes, like what could be under there? Those crackles are making a lot of noise. And I kind of want to get. Well, here's one of the paths. Although one side looks very well worn, but the other side doesn't. Um, the other, like, there's a little path going crossways from the one I'm walking out over the dammed up area. So it looks like the beaver went in one side, but it doesn't seem to be going over into the pond on the other side. And I was sure before we saw some really clear paths going back and forth. So I'm not really sure exactly what that is. Okay. Interesting, because the foot trail... Oh my gosh, I think I'm back in those, like, little, um... Those little things that hit me. What are they? I thought they were mosquitoes, but they're little, tiny, mothy things are hitting me again. They're kind of like the things that are like in the grass when you like walk through the grass in summertime and they like all jump out in front of you and then land again. That's kind of what they are. Is that the grackle? Can't, I think it's just fascinating. Like, here's the pond. Here's the birds. Here's the grackles. Here's the, you know, the trickling water. There's the traffic light. There's the cars. I mean, it's just so funny. It's all just right here. And this is another place. Now, I do see people kind of like jogging down the path every once in a while. But again, I never am cease to be amazed at. I don't know. I guess I would think I'd run across people more often. Stop wrestling in the bushes. Whatever you are, you're making me a little nervous. Thank you. Hope it's not a creeper. <coughs> yeah. So I guess I could sit out here for a while in a chair. Um, but I'm not going to right now. Um, to see see the um, beavers, to see if they like cross from pond to pond. And because it's already getting too dark, I'm not going to go any further down. But the last time, um, what is that? I think I don't know what that what it is. I think it might be a frog, but it goes. Like, I don't know what it is. I think it's a frog. But the last time we were here, we saw um, bark that was chewed by a beaver. Literally, like, it had to have been there right before us because it was so fresh. Like, when you touched it, it was still, it was still wet. So we must have startled it and uh, chased it back into the, into the water. So I know, I know there's beavers here. And I have walked down to the further pond, or I could drive down there, but it's a little bit further from the road. Like, this one comes right up against the road. 
the other one you kind of have to walk down a ways like from where you can park so I don't check out the beavers there as often but I guess I could do that right now I could see if they're um, I could see if uh, I can get down there easily from the road by pulling forward we can explore that together Wow, I can see my car on the road up there and it seems like a lot further than I, uh, than I, I walked. Do you think it could have moved when I wasn't looking? I doubt it. I don't think that cars can move on their own. Well, that's not true. They can move on their own, but not across perfectly flat areas. And we'll take a moment to listen to the sounds of the trail. Also known as the rattling of the refrigerator, refrigerator, air conditioning across the street, the hum of the cars going by, and the swish of my flip-flops. Right in front of me, there's a, um, so it's, um, there's a dirt trail, like I said, it, it's a, alongside the road, and um, I'm in a ravine between two housing developments, and it's a very uh, shallow ravine. There's much steeper um, ravines around this, it, the hills on either side, well, like I said, on one side it's kind of flat, on the other side there's a hill, but it's not a very tall hill. But in between the dirt path here are these things that I don't know what they are, but they're, they're not, oh, they're kind of like they're hollow in the middle, like, make that sound, but they aren't those ones that kind of come apart in sections and you can use them to like file things, it's not that. But it's kind of pretty here. It's like creating this literally a, like a half a foot wide and probably 25 feet long, like a little partition in between the trail and the water, which is right on the other side. So it's really pretty. Again, I need to have a camera and a recorder. Oh, I'm telling you, so many things a girl needs. It's unbelievable. stars are starting to come out. I always call this is like the Disneyland sky, the Pirates of the Caribbean sky. It's got that dark blue backdrop and the lower edges are kind of glowing, you know, where they put the lights up to make it look like it's sunset, but it's not really sunset. And they poke little holes in the top to make it look like they're stars, but they're not really stars. I guess that's one of the things uh, growing up in Southern California and spending so much time in Disneyland that I'm always comparing the real world to Disneyland because 
Although we did go camping once a year, maybe twice a year. And we went back and forth to Colorado and Texas. Now, okay, I spent a lot of time outside. But we also spent a lot of time at Disneyland because it was close to my grandparents' house. And we liked to go. And that was really a fun part of growing up. And it's so funny. Like, I think I've never owned, like, a, a Mickey Mouse T-shirt or <laughs> I don't like any of that things. The, the only thing I ever remember getting was a Pluto <coughs> I just don't, I don't like the characters. All those things creep me out. But I love Disneyland. I love the way that they make it look like you're outdoors when you're really not. And then you get to do fun things like roller coasters and, and log rides. And, of course, everybody loves Pirates of the Caribbean. So, back here at the car. After comparing my little walk through suburbia to Disneyland some cars are turning left here and because it's one of those sketchy park on the road places which it's really interesting I growing up that's another thing that you know seems to me that's changed a lot you used to be able to park on the edge of a road like that was just a thing that's what the edges of the roads are for and now like parking on the edge of the road is like and there's no parking anywhere so when I do at places like this where it is actually legal and there's room, like they have a place that's actually like, um, almost looks like it's a bike lane, but it's wide enough for a car to park. But other people that I've gone, I've brought here walking with me, they don't want to park on the street because they're afraid of their cars getting hit which is so funny to me because I grew up parking on the street like that's where you parked but now it's like you they <laughs> you have parking lots and you have to pay for parking lots and it's illegal to park on the side of the roads which is always one of the challenging things about traveling is trying to find a place to stay where you um you know, can find a place that it's legal to park and where you're not going to be conspicuous um, and that is actually one of the one of the tricks of doing that is trying to find a suburban neighborhood where people are already parking on the street. I found that um, near colleges is a very good place because people are parking on the streets and they are coming and going a lot so you don't really stand out. Um, I've also found like um, for some reason areas around hospitals seem to allow street parking or maybe it's just in the towns that I've been in. Um, so those are a few of the places. Now I'm just driving by the place where if I wanted to get out of my car and take a little walk I could walk down there and see if there's beavers down there but I really don't want to so I'm not going to because I don't have to do things I don't want to do and I can do the things I want to do. That sounds like I have got this free and I can do anything I want to lifestyle, which I guess in a way I do. If I budget it carefully, I can do a lot of the things that I want to do, but um, I can also get in such difficult places because, you know, I can't get over 
feeling guilty for struggling sharing experiences with my 13 year old um, and then I feel guilty for feeling guilty of oh, being a mother it's a very challenging um, mental space to occupy um, I don't know if this is like a complete downer is this like the right place to talk about that I'm not going to talk about that here now I'll talk about that another time documentary I was watching today but I am going to um, I just turned back on the street where the other beavers live not quite to their pond yet but awfully close and what I'm going to do this time instead of turn left and go home I'm going to make a right turn and go up to the um, top of the shopping center that overlooks where the band is going to be playing so I'm going to be quite a ways away from it like close enough to see it but not close enough to interact with any people but that's a really a pretty view that's up there and again I had recorded another really cool out and about on my phone before I dropped it into the pond um, into the pond into Lake Natoma Natomas Lake, Lake Natomas. Natoma, Natomas. You know, some of these things are just mysterious to me. Um, so, that's been a whole other mental challenge to get around the fact that my computer broke down, then I lost my phone. It's just like... Uh, you know, I hate it. I hate to be like pessimistic but it's so challenging it really is so challenging to continually um, deal with so many difficulties and I don't know maybe that's why I have so much empathy for you know all that's going on with the Black Lives Matter because I see how hard it is to get going um, and, oh, upper parking lot closed. Okay, don't go up there. Um, but, you know, I'm, I think that overall, like, the feeling that I get, I definitely feel like a lot of people have a privilege. A lot of people have have a privileged position. And I always think that it's, Anything that is unequal causes strife. It just does. Because we're all supposed to be equal. And how, like, how did that get away from everybody? Like, oh, I mean, I hear this all the time that people go like, oh, they say that all men are created equal, but once you're created, then whatever you do with your life is your own. Which is just another bullshit story for being comfortable with having things when other people don't and what it does is it puts everybody in this this you know defensive position and maybe even worse than that and maybe even worse than a defensive position but it puts people in a uh, scared position where they're actually panicking and, and afraid and 
you know, trying to hold on to what they think that they're going to lose. And, you know, when I listen to how people from other countries talk about things, like, I, I don't hear that in their conversation, this fear. You know, one girl was talking the other day, and um, I don't remember where it was. I'm going to say the Netherlands, but I'm not 100% sure. But she was saying how her... Um, you know, mom suffered from mental illness, but because she had, you know, subsidized housing and, you know, mental health care, she was actually able to keep her job her whole life and her house because she didn't have to, the stress over worrying about stuff like that. And I thought, you know, there's some people who have way too much. Is that a nighthawk or a killdeer killed? I don't know. We're up here at the top of the hill now. Look, I'm like, I don't even remember where that sentence was going. Some people have too much. Some people have too little. Oh, I can rant on it forever, but I'm not. We're on the go tonight. We aren't ranting about anything. Let's see if we can get through it, right? So I did decide to come up here to the top of the hill. And it's crickets and whatever those things are. It's nice. Ironically enough, the music that I thought I would be able to hear from the top here or be able to see is actually behind the movie theater building. So, although it says the upper parking lot is closed to, I'm going to assume they mean to people driving, because those of us who are walking can just go over, under, or around things which is what's so wonderful about human bodies. And it's amazing how often people get upset with me for uh, climbing over things. But I, as I tell them that, you know, they make fences out of ladders, they are meant to be climbed. Like, why else would they make them that way so you could just climb up on them and go over them? Now, chain link fences, some people might have a little bit more of a point because actually have points at the top that can sometimes get a little tricky but you know again there's a perfect size for shoving your toes in and you know everybody loves to climb right you put your fingers in that pull yourself up you're going over that's that's what they're for I you know I think that if they want to add those fun little things in with the challenge of you know getting into places but it cracks me up that people think that fences keep people out because obviously if people want to go in, you just go over them. It's not rocket science. Oh, the wall. Oh, that's a great video. So, <laughs> I thought maybe we could hear the music for a second. I'm getting a little bit further up the hill, so I've got the angle of seeing the music so this is an outdoor shopping center it's actually kind of cool because they've got this awesome outdoor stage that has like tiered I don't want to say seating but it's just like layers of tiers behind it so people can bring their lawn chairs and their Um, blankets and things like that and just sit outside on those steps and watch the music so tonight they're actually calling it a dance party so 
I'm assuming that they're playing on the stage, which is where they usually say, and the stage is actually sunken rather than up above. And then you sit behind it. And it's just nice because there's walkways all the way around. It's, you know, you don't feel closed in or, or trapped. And it's neat that they even let people, like, you can bring your own food. You can bring your own wine. You can let children run around. Like, it seems like that much freedom is rare these days. You know, everything has to be paid for. Everything has to be, you know, don't bring your own stuff in. Like even the El Dorado County Fair, I brought in a picnic for my father for Father's Day and they told me I couldn't bring a picnic into El Dorado County Fair. Like who the french fries do they think that they are? So anyway, that is one thing that's nice over here. So Tonight there's a band playing. Um, one of the restaurants is hosting it tonight. So it's not the regular concerts that they have, but this one's actually called a dance party. So I'm not going to go dancing. But I wish I was. I wish there was somebody who would like to do things and dance with me and we could walk down and dance. 50 years, I haven't found anybody yet who likes to do stuff. Ah, well. It's funny because I guess some parts of it, like, I actually have found that in some ways, like, hiking or even, like, being out like this right now, there is something nice about being able to do this on my own. I find I struggle like keeping inside my own energy when I'm around other people like I can't even be as aware of the environment because I've got this this super sensitive like oh do they want to walk oh do they want to stop oh are they going to be doing this am I going too fast am I going too slow you know what should I be listening to what they're saying am I rude if I'm looking at the butterfly am I you know it's like all of that is going through my head and you know I feel so bad even a couple of times my daughter recently is like hey let's go for a walk or let's go look at the beavers which is like what I say that like oh I want it like I want her to be into that stuff too and she's making the effort and I have to go like okay like she's saying she wants to do it I can't be mad at her right now and say, oh, I'm not going to do it with you. But I have a hard time being present or not resentful, even when, you know, she makes that effort to. And then, of course, what do we do, right? We feel guilty. And then we feel guilty about feeling guilty. And I can say in a lot of ways it's better but in a lot of ways, it's just as bad. And if you don't understand what all of that means, you will someday. <laughs> Either by listening to more of what I have to say or by you experiencing it yourself. That's, maybe that's like a good question I'd like to ask a million people. Like, you know, does having a partner, I don't even think it has to be a partner. I think it would even be nice if it was a friend, like somebody who liked to do the same things that I like to do. Like I really enjoyed hanging out with 
Marcy and Becky the other day, spending the days painting Becky's house, you know, having that, that freedom in that moment to be able to do or not do exactly what I wanted. Like I didn't feel obligated to Becky because she hadn't even met me before. And, you know, whether I painted her house or not, it didn't really matter. And I even found a few times she has teenage sons and a husband and like they were done and off doing other things while us girls were still painting which is how I find the majority of my experiences are like that like the women are the really hard workers and the men sorry men are the slackers I don't I've never experienced an environment I would say except for my grandfather that you know were where men were um hard workers now i don't I don't think that men or women need to work hard like there were a couple times where I was like even with like Marcy and with Becky, like okay, like you know let's take a break and Marcy's definitely um got that you know like do way way a lot that in that same way that I have been trying to pull back from and modify a little bit in myself like I'm not trying to get my my worth out of proving how much I I can do I'm just actually being there in the moment and and enjoying that now I I have to say there were so many elements of that day that I would love to have more of that, you know, feeling of productivity, feeling of, you know, shared work. And, you know, for after I just said this about the guys, you know, the guys went to the store and bought food and they had dinner ready for us. Like none of us had to cook. That was so nice. It was just, you know, having women around to talk to, having people who were honest, like I enjoyed that day more than I've enjoyed a day in years and it's those elements like like is that a possibility is it possible to have friendships like that or relationships like that where I can just feel comfortable being around people I guess We'll just have to stay tuned to find out. But I've done my one hour and 26 minutes and I'm going to be done.